Hello, welcome back to Jimmy and John's Horror Corner. <laughs> this special episode of Cinema from the Spectrum was brought to you by the Reanimator. Because we have we have the reanimated bodies of Jamie Rebinal and Jonathan Kirkwood. We have our, we have the reanimated bodies coming back to talk to you about the world of HP Lovecraft. <laughs> Just straight up stolen from Psycho. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, God, I uh, oh God, I it's been such a long time since I last saw this movie, man. <laughs> what a what a wild ride. <laughs> this one, okay, I guess I'll kind of preface this a little bit. Yeah, this is all the schlock that I love to see <laughs> in a classic 80s B-horror movie. It, it is, it, it has kills, it has uh, enthusiastic intimacies that almost crosses a line. For some, does cross a line. Uh, it has uh, some very witty humor that feels like a stage play. And yeah, it feels so cheap and fun and... I this is a classic for me. I'm I'm very familiar with this one. Oh my god, it's so cheap and yet it's so it's so endearing just in knowing and just in knowing that they were able to do this with such a limited budget too. Yeah, like 85 at like the height of a lot of Hollywood like self-censorship. Yeah. And so seeing a project like this where it's just a fun bunch of filmmakers where they're like I have all these crazy ideas. I need to do them. I need to put these on screen. Yeah, and uh, it's evident. And you know what? It's funny enough you mention. It's funny enough you mention all at the time of the Hollywood censorship because you know, oh, uh, when the movie came out, when the movie came out in the United States, it was released with the dreaded X rating. On that note, did you know yep. about that? Yeah, I didn't know about that, but <laughs> I can I can imagine it. <laughs> yeah, and. Uh, when it was when it came out on home video, they had to edit it down to an R because you know most uh, most video stores cannot sell movies that were rated X for obvious reasons. <laughs> Thankfully, the director's cut or the extended edition is available. Yeah, and it's thanks to the wonderful people over at Arrow Video. On that note, too. Woo! Yeah. Thank oh. you, Arrow Video, for your dedication. Yeah, because you know it's very fun. It's uh, very. Uh, it's very funny when we talk about a uh, an H.P. Lovecraft movie like this because I think that uh, it's hard. I think that you can't really uh, you can't really adapt an H.P. Lovecraft movie in uh, what's the in such a way that uh, <laughs> so uh, in such a way that really kind of carries the spirit of everything that he's written. Yeah, and yet like with Stuart Gordon. What he does in Reanimator is just go completely off the walls with it. Oh yeah, this is inspired by H.P. Lovecraft in a lot of ways that they're like based on a real story, and it's like a man crossed the street once, and they show it at the beginning. Like <laughs> it, it's it's kind of like that. Like they they borrow names. I've read the original uh, story. Uh, there's actually uh, kind of like the bones of the plot are there, but they didn't speak like this in the movie. 
<laughs> where it's like, what am I supposed to say? Write a note, dead cat details later. Like they, they're not saying lines like this that are yeah. so hilarious. I love how it's just uh, starts off in the trailer. It's like, you. Then Herbert's just like, all he's writing on is you. <laughs> That's <laughs> you. Yeah, That's I think. So- Jeffrey Coombs and Barbara Crampton are my two favorite star players in this. The man that plays Dr. Hill is very close. He's very up there, but those two sell it. They sell it so well. Yeah. Jeffrey Coombs Jeffrey Coombs is insane in this film. He's like to- he's just totally insane, but uh, also I just love how he has that sort of he has that sort of very nerdy getup, which is kind of what makes it It's like Yeah, he's he's like a proud nerd that like bullies other nerds <laughs> and he's just so the way he just uh the way he's just set up is like it's so brilliant and and then seeing how seeing him just completely get lost in his work the way he the way he does that's he's, like, like, he's our protagonist but i don't think he's likable i i, I think he's fascinating more than anything yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh man like he's he he's he's rude he he bribes his friends to let them stay. Like, he, it's, yeah, he's like, he's not a nice person. He's competitive. I guess the only thing that would be admirable about him is that he's kind of pursuing truth and wanting to disprove the establishment medical system that says, oh, the body is dead after six to 12 minutes. That's it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's, uh, it's very funny because the thing is, uh, this is, uh, this story. The story that this film tells is only very loosely based off of Lovecraft because the thing is, it uh, we have a uh, we already have a short story that it's uh, that it uses the template from, but it but Stuart Gordon just decides now we're gonna just we have this all we have this laid out already. We're just gonna just throw that all away. We're gonna do everything we want on based on everything else that Lovecraft has already written over the years too. Which which is really the only way to do Lovecraft, just because I think Lovecraft is so specific to the written form. Because mm-hmm. I mean, film is a visual medium, so so if yeah. you're supposed to be afraid of the unknown and you can't show like the thing that you're supposed to be afraid of like it's it's a it's a, it's you're already setting yourself up for failure or at least an extreme challenge and you know it's, it was uh, funny enough when you talk about uh, lovecraft like that because i uh, i had the uh, i had the pleasure of seeing color out of space over at tiff for the midnight Ooh. madness screening so uh, i'll just say this um for for that movie color out of space it's uh, it is Okay, it is a it is crazy as you could expect from a Lovecraft movie, but then I feel like a lot of the craziness that comes in there is owed more to Nicolas Cage than it is to the source material. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's a bit of a gem. <laughs> well, that's why we love Nicolas Cage in in general. <laughs> Speaking of famous stars, I was I was I'm I'm such a ham for this movie. I was flipping through some facts about. Um, some of the actors and stuff like that. And one of the first zombies, the one that's like really yoked, like really strong looking, mm-hmm. it's uh, it's uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger's stunt double. Oh, really? I did not <laughs> yeah, know that, that. that. I was looking at him and I was like, he looks very specific. And then looking a bit deeper into the film, yeah, he's he's on other <laughs> he's on other movies with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my god! I did. How did I not know this? Wow. <laughs> There's so many little 
like things where they're yeah they're getting like stunt men to act as naked zombies with their blue butts flying around it's <laughs> it's so uh, it's so uh, it's so exuberant with its gore too to the point that it's like yeah you know a lot of this gore in another context it would be super disgusting and yet here it's just it's just very funny for me it really does ride the line between horrific i'd like to be excused of my lunch please and uh the other side of hilarious like slapstick hilarious like uh, the part where dr hill is relieved of his head and then his body's walking around and he's getting it to like carry him and the body's like bumping into stuff and like like those it's it's horror it's he's bleeding out of all these orifices and then you hear this squelching but then he's like trying to tell his body how to walk and it just doesn't know <laughs> like it's so goofy it's so good it's so goofy and it's just uh it's just all the more wonderful for that too but i also i also think it's interesting to kind of analyze this movie uh when you're talking about it in the context of the uh of the american film censorship board at the time because you know this basically had uh, what was their equivalent of the nc-17 rating at the time but at the time you know the x rating a lot of people would see that they think you know, they would think it's the other kind of X-rated movie. Yeah, and I think it's because of that scene. <laughs> um, you don't have to say what that scene is. I want to talk about that scene. Oh, yeah, you have to talk about that scene. <laughs> that scene is so popular. That thing's referenced in American Beauty. Like when they're standing outside the side of the building, and they're smoking, and they talk about, oh, you see that one where that head goes down? Like... They talk about this film. Like, that's how nutty this film was at the time with the ideas it wanted to do. <laughs> oh, man. That's why we, that's why we love it, too. <laughs> All right. So let's, let's talk about that scene. So mm-hmm. there's, a lot of, uh, there's a lot of enthusiastic, intimate energy in this film. Uh, so Dr. Hill, uh, who's, I think, one of the head surgeons, mm-hmm. is, has a major crush on the dean's daughter. And so she's already in a relationship. Bar- that would be Barbara Crampton's character then. Barbara Crampton, who is a legend. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then what happens is that he orders the now zombified, uh, I believe it's the Dean, to go and get his daughter, uh, bring it to the lab. And then they bring it to the lab, they strap her down, and then uh, the body then proceeds, proceeds to kind of like touch at her. And so she's screaming. Uh, and the whole, it's so ridiculous. I mean, his head's in a, in a plate, it's, it's in a tin and he's like reacting like as if it's happening. And so Barbara Crampton's horrified. She's screaming. And then she does this thing where she knocks off the dummy head that's been put on the body. And then she stops screaming for a moment and then screams even louder. And it's, I was howling, laughing. Like it was so absurd that like... Like that she's getting more terrified with each step and um <laughs> at one point uh the walking body picks up the head and it it brings it uh down to like near her chest and it starts getting intimate and she's horrified and she's squirming and then it goes it's about to go even lower it's about to do something that would have made me turn off the film and then all of a sudden jeffrey coombs walks in and he and he says like my, my, I expected more from you, Dr. Hill. 
and there's something here that he says that I want to quote exactly. Uh, get a job in a sideshow <laughs> in reference to his severed head. <laughs> oh my god. That, that scene is done so well. It's a perfect escalation of humor, which then gets completely overtaken by horror, not just in a gore standpoint, but obviously the situation where she's being assaulted. Um, but they knew exactly where they had to cut it or <laughs> end up behind bars. Like they knew exactly um, where to cut it and have Jeffrey Coombs come in, have his slow clap hero slash villain moment. And yeah, that is that is a famous, famous scene. And if you're just hearing it for the first time now, I implore you to go watch it because it is it's so funny, it's so upsetting. Psst. The movie's on Shudder if you want to watch it soon. Go watch it on Shudder. Yeah. Or go get a DVD <laughs> permanently. <laughs> oh. Yeah, you know. Oh, it's cuz I uh I was actually looking through uh, I was actually looking through the Shutter lineup and when you brought this when you brought this movie up, I was, I thought to myself, "Hmm, I really ought to see this movie again soon." And I'm very glad I'm very glad that you brought it up because it's some I'm so glad. I'm I am just so glad I was able to come back to this because it is just so it is just so wonderful, so so delightful, so gory. You could, you could just say, a uh, you could just say it's disgusting, and yet, <laughs> and yet yeah, what I we're seeing, yet what we're seeing here, just glorious. And you know, it's like you're looking at you're looking at a movie like this with the, and that came out in the same uh, at the same time frame as a movie like, uh, like the original Evil Dead, and it's like it's very it has that uh, it has that obvious shock factor to it. But like Evil Dead, it's just very fun. It is just <laughs> some of these moments are just so <laughs> so outrageous. Well, well it's camp. Yeah, yeah. It, and it feels like theater. Yeah. Another fun thing about this movie is uh, it feels like stage play lines where it's like, "Mr. West, I recommend you get a pen." And he's like, <laughs> he's like shouting it across the room. And, oh my um, god! Yeah. For, for that, for me, like. Uh, it actually has been adapted to stage successfully multiple times, like including all the gore and stuff like that. Can we ever see it as a musical at some point though? Is what uh, is one thing I'm wondering. <laughs> that would be interesting. Uh, I don't know about a musical, but the stage play has all like the classic music beats that are used in here. Mm. Uh, okay. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. Favorite line in the movie. Oh my God. I, uh, okay. There are so many lines that I feel like I could go, I could choose from, in here so funny because they're just because uh oh my god i uh i'm trying to think which one because i uh i would say who's gonna believe a talking head get a job at a sideshow but (laughs) that's we already talked about that one already but uh oh this is what this is one that i was gonna say i was like i know your work dr hill quite well your theory on the location on the will and the brain is interesting. Though derivative of Dr. Gruber's research in the early 70s. So derivative, in fact, in Europe, it's considered plagiarized. <laughs> I just love I just love the way he delivers that line. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah, it, it's it's the slow build up to the point where he's like, some might call it plagiarism. <laughs> 
my favorite line in the film on that same note is later on um, when he's cutting off Dr. Hill's head with a shovel and you see like the he's like digging into it all these bones and this meat and then the head's rolling off to the side and under like between his teeth he goes plagiarist <laughs> so funny <laughs> that that's why he's killing him like that's such a that's such a nerdy reason to kill somebody <laughs> you've stolen my life's work oh my god but then again herbert west is like the ultimate movie nerd i would say too oh yeah yeah he's he has a he has alpha nerd energy <laughs> And it's just, and that's why I, that's why I find his, uh, I just, I find the whole thing just so terrifying to think about too. Oh yeah. Like it's, it is a question of like, who do you like in, in this movie? What, why are you attached to these characters? I mean, Dr. Hill is so intimately obsessed with, uh, Dean's daughter and also so opposed to Jeffrey Coombs, but then Jeffrey Coombs isn't really likable, uh, I guess he's likable. And he does. In terms a, of, he does play the character in such a uh, his in such a uh, beautiful demeanor, and I think that uh, I think that if there, I can't imagine anybody else playing it but him. That's true. I think I think this is definitely a role that was sent right down to Jeffrey Coombs. I mean, he really <laughs> packs a punch with this one, and he's great in other films too, like uh, From Beyond or Ah uh, From oh, Beyond. I've actually never I've actually never seen that one too. You haven't seen From Beyond? No, but okay. I've always wanted to. So this is the green movie. Mm-hmm. From Beyond is the pink movie. <laughs> uh, and also the intimate kind of energy right away. Oh, man, uh, if you were talk- okay, if you were talking pink movie in a different context, it would uh, mean <laughs> you could oh, get... Oh, gosh. But, but no, it's... Yeah. Uh, the, the brief kind of plot is that there's this uh, scientist that's disappeared in his home and he was trying out this resonator that is meant to allow you to like see other worlds, but it also stimulates the pineal gland, which supposedly is meant to be connected to kind of like sexual or whatever kind of like urges. So then uh, basically it's the monster, it's that scientist coming to and fro that universe and coming back a little goopier every time with a little more monster stuff to him and mm-hmm. also a lot more intimate <laughs> like yeah. wanting to be it's like it's i love the way that uh that even though it is very campy it does delve into this it does delve into these very terrifying ideals which is, i think is what ma- which i think is the mark of a really successful a really successful horror movie too you know well yeah and i mean it's these like, are based on these are yeah, based on Lovecraft be- stories, but they're so different. They're so unique. I've never seen a movie it, like this. It's just so hard to. It's just so hard to really capture the vibe of Lovecraft on film. And I think this one just kind of. Na- this is the. This is one that just really nails it. Yeah, I and I don't even. I wouldn't say that. Like, I don't think it does Lovecraft. I think it just. I think it does great work with Lovecraft material. Yeah. Where like, it it's like all right, we have this like story about a guy that brings people back from the dead um, mm-hmm. and gets his comeuppance at some point. What do we do with this? Uh, and then they decide, oh, there's going to be, oh, he's jealous with the Dean's daughter and you're a plagiarist and like all these, all this hilarious stuff that goes on and the attitudes of the characters and the presentation of the gore. I think they take that initial story, that kernel, and then they just do something totally different with it and it's fun and it it, it's a totally different spirit than those original stories. Mm-hmm. 
And you know, uh, also I wanted to talk to you about the way this movie has been censored over the years because uh, when the R-rated version came out, here's the thing: the R-rated version was actually longer than the X-rated version. Interesting. And uh, the reason for that is because the R-rated version cuts out a lot of the gore, but it replaces that with a lot more dialogue. Yeah, there's there is some dry dialogue in this film. Yeah. And uh, you know, there is also a uh, there's also just an added subplot about Doctor Hill hypnotizing several pe- people, which <laughs> doesn't really have it doesn't really have all that much else in he- in the X rated well, ver- version. Well, well, so that like hypnosis kind of thing that kind of applies to his yeah. plans for domination near the end. Oh yeah, but, um, you don't need that. Yeah, it's. Uh, I don't. I remember think. I remember seeing the uh, R-rated version for my first time and thinking, "Where is the?" I thinking to myself, "Where exactly is this going?" It's just not really adding all that. It's just not really adding all of that much. So that when yeah. I so then when I saw the X-rated version for myself, thanks to thanks to Shutter, that's where I said, "Yeah, this is just straight up. This is just straight up what I would have wanted out of a, out of a Lovecraft movie." Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, yeah. It's just, just, just crazy ideas. Put them on film. We don't have any money. What are we gonna do with the antagonist at the end? Oh, we'll just mush his head and whip it against the wall like a like a bag of meatballs. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Uh, and you know, I just want. I really just uh, feel like after we're done recording this episode, I wanna. I just wanna. Sit back, relax, watch this movie again because I just had such a great—I just had such a great time watching it again for my first time since high school. So <laughs> that that film that I mean, this film is like a warm blanket that I can put on a, in a on a rainy day mm. and get a cup of hot cocoa, and I can just—I can get a little blood, I can see a little intimacy, I can I can get some weird dialogue, and it just it just it just waves over me. It's that's a, the, this movie. This movie is adorable. That's kind of my uh, that's kind of my uh, my feeling towards Texas Chainsaw Massacre, which is why I have uh, the poster hanging above my bedroom. <laughs> oh, that is not my reaction to that film. <laughs> and, you know, come on, you know who keeps you safer at night than Leatherface? <laughs> that's true. Daddy Leatherface <laughs> will help stop killing animals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also I wanted to. Uh, there's another thing I wanted to ask you about on the on the subject of Lovecraft is there a story that if you as a film as a filmmaker would want to would want to adapt to the screen Dream Quest of Unknown Kadath that's the one you want to go for it's long I don't know if you've read it I have not actually okay it's about a man who is dreaming uh, Mm. and whenever he dreams he goes to this he goes to a dream world and whenever he visits there, it's only briefly because nighttime is only so long. But at one point, he dreams and he stays there. So then he hears about this. He, Whenever he comes in, he goes to different places each time. But now that he has time to stay there, he's always heard of this uh, this land of the god, this city of the gods called uh, Unknown Kadoth. And no one knows where it is because it's the gods. And they haven't interacted with people in a very long time in the in the land of dream. And so then... He goes on this quest to find unknown Kadoth. And he's going to these towns. There's this town that's filled with, uh, I think it's called Ulthar or something like that. It's this town filled with cats. 
and it's black cats everywhere and he's petting them and then he's feeding them sauces of cream and he goes down to the port and there's these like horned people with like turbans wrapped around the horns that are like selling rubies off of their ships uh like it's this gorgeous odyssey that is strange compelling and believable like the the world it describes is so uh it's so beyond but recognizable elements like there's a title of a worker called a lava farmer where they collect lava drag it down the mountain and use it to fuel their city and mm-hmm. i'm like that that's such a gorgeous concept so it's not one of his horrors okay i guess there is horror parts of it there's monsters obviously it's, lo- it's lovecraft so that's kind of inevitable <laughs> it's rather than like a fear of the unknown it's like a pursuit of the unknown and like that's that's meaningful it's really meaningful to me yeah oh yeah and i know it's like i uh i uh, i wrote i uh I, I did write a script for uh I did write a script that was based on the thing on the doorstep for one of my own classes, which I really, Ooh. which is one I really enjoyed reading. But here's the thing, mm-hmm. though, I uh, I feel like I would like to, I would like to try my hand at turning that into a feature film at some point. Yeah, I think, I think it is such a challenging topic because obviously, you have to have restraint. You can't mm-hmm. show what you could show. Uh, I think a lot of people make that mistake. I don't know if you've watched Lovecraft Country. Uh, yes, I have. And it's, embar- uh, it's, it's embarrassing. <laughs> it's, uh, uh, it, that show could have been so, okay, that show, here's the thing. I love the cast of that show. Uh, I'm Michael not saying K. anything about the, yeah. I'm not here's saying anything about the actors. I'll just say this, like Michael K. Williams, I think, uh, he, he is like emblematic of all the best stuff about that show mm-hmm. and i uh it i remember hearing when he passed away earlier this year that really that really got me but uh yeah. the show itself on the other hand oh boy do i have way too much to say about it and it's it is, just like monster fights and yeah they're like action heroes there's a game i played about lovecraft this is gonna be very brief but uh you're like an investigator and so you go into this house of university students to go find a book that they've uh, rented out Um, (laughs) and you go in and you start noticing very strange things about the layouts of the room and you go into this place and you find that there's a secret room and you find a bunch of dead bodies and you're like huh and it's the students and you realize they've all been replaced but you've been talking to them for 15 minutes and you're like none of their stories are straight this is strange and it's that seeping feeling that there is an intruder, that there is something unknown around you and mm. fearing that it's going to strike. And that like it to me, like a five minute quest in a video game feels more powerful to me than all of Lovecraft Country. Like it just yes. depends how you do it. You can't show it is my point. You can't you can't really show the horror. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's all. That's always been the greatest challenge when it came to adapting Lovecraft, and uh, even when you're watching uh, *Color Out of Space*, which for the most part I really enjoyed that movie, mm-hmm. but knowing that, uh, no, having read the story that it's based on, I would think to myself, "Yeah, this could be." Uh, there's a lot more that feels untapped, even though, yeah, a lot of what's a lot of what's fun about it can you know kind of be attributed to nicholas cage yeah it's true but also like think about this and this will be really short too but yeah how how are you supposed to adapt this because a lot of 
Lovecraft's Fridays goes like this. It's like, oh, it was horrible. Too horrible to describe. <laughs> like, there's a lot of like, just uh, I would just on. have I, I would just show the reactions it. really just yeah exactly then... like show show light sound how about sound like you know really get into sound design but yeah I think this I th- anyways I think Reanimator from Beyond which I guess we we won't talk about here but it'd be fun to watch that down the line mm-hmm. but uh, Reanimator I think does a really good job at just taking a Lovecraft story and doing something fun with it just because this movie is uh, this movie is great for a rainy day. Oh, yeah. And uh, what's your final score for that movie on the note? Oh, my God. I'm I'm so biased. I'm 10 out of 10 on this one. Yeah, but you... I know I'm horribly biased. I know it's campy and there's mistakes and there's drags <laughs> in it. But I'm going to say 10 out of 10. Uh, you know what? I'm going to, after having seen it for uh, the first time since high school, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with that score, too. And that's all. That's because I finally had the pleasure of seeing the X-rated version. <laughs> Or the unrated version now, so yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and like knowing that they have no money and had all these ideas, like the uphill battle to even make something like this and have it be so consistent, like, yeah, it's it's perfect for what I need it to be. Yeah, and it's just such a a fun time, too, at the movies. You could just show it to your friends, you could just show it to your friends and for if you want to have a good time, and if you also just kind of want to watch it, something so you can... Totally, like completely analyze it bit by bit. This is like the perfect movie for that too. Oh yeah, and if this was playing at TIFF sometime, like I would invite all my friends. <laughs> oh, I would. I bet that they. Uh, I bet that there are theaters in Toronto that would be showing this on a thirty-five mil print. Because oh if there, gosh. if that does happen, you would be the first one to know. You're I would. Teasing me. Oh yeah. my gosh, I would love it. I would love it so much. <laughs> oh my god, that just reminds me because like I. Uh, and I there are so many there are so many great movies showing in Toronto movie theaters right now. I, I had the chance I had the chance to see Possession on the big screen fairly recently, and it was a new restoration. Yeah. Oh my god, it's so oh crazy. And that's a movie I want to talk about with you in the near future at some point. <laughs> For certain, looking forward yeah. to it. All right, and on that note. That marks the end of Jamie and John's Horror Corner. And happy Halloween, everyone. We hope you enjoyed listening to the We hope you enjoyed listening to these and I hope that your Halloween is filled with many terrifying horror movies. Because I know my my whole month has been. (laughs) And also candy. (laughs) Alright. Alright, let's sign off for now. I'm Jamie Revenal. I'm Jonathan Kirkwood. And we'll be seeing you guys later.